Hey, y'all, and welcome to the For the One podcast. I'm KK, your host, or am I? <laughs> oh, that was so cringe. In case that wasn't a cheesy enough hint for you, this week we are talking about imposter syndrome. This is something I personally experience often, and I have made some realizations recently that I'd love to share with you. I've also noticed a lot of other people feeling the same way about themselves, of feeling incapable for the you know position or authority of which they've been bestowed. Um, so I just wanted to shed some lights on this topic and combat negative thoughts with biblical truths. So grab your Bible and get in front of a mirror so you can be prepared to do some affirmations after listening to this episode. (laughs) I don't know if this episode doesn't hype you up from your affirmations. I don't know what will. (laughs) Let's get started, y'all. So for a long time, as a young as the youngest sibling i always felt it my role to be the one to embarrass your other siblings in in front of anyone but particularly in front of their like new boyfriend or girlfriend and my sister recently would always put like why do you bring that up like that's so embarrassing to me and i've asked you know questions and said some things that like to me were hilarious and they were truthful but it was just like Okay, I would just think, oh, well, that's my role as the youngest sibling is to, you know, just get it all out there. But really, I kind of thought about it for a little bit. And it's like, okay, though it may not seem bad to me, though it may not seem horrible, it still hurts someone else and it still was just not constructive, not good. And that's kind of when I realized, yeah, you're a younger sibling, but above all else, your representation of Jesus. And above all else, your role is to live like Jesus, which does not mean airing out people's dirty laundry to make light of a situation or anything like that. So apologies to the four of y'all if I embarrass you. (laughs) I'm working on it. And here in this childlike example, let's be honest, I was truly not living up to who I was called to be. I was living down to the standards of what an embarrassing younger sibling would be, as opposed to living up to what Jesus had called me to act like in love and in kindness. Here, I was truly not living up to who I was called to be. But what about when you are living up to who you're called to be? You're doing all the right things. You're saying the right things. And you're in the right place. You're where you've worked up to, maybe, even. But you don't feel like it. So basically the exact opposite of the whole situation I just explained. What if you are living up to who you're called to be, but you don't feel like it? Yep. Imposter syndrome. (laughs) Sometimes this feeling can stem from disbelief and even just awe of where God has placed you. For sure, especially, that's totally understandable, especially when it's a new position or a new role or a new gift you've been bestowed. 
Sometimes this feeling of imposter stems from not being as prepared as you hoped, even if you are fully prepared, even if you're fully equipped. Like you you may feel like there could be a little bit more, a little tweak, a little dotting the lines, dotting the lines, dotting the I's, crossing the T's kind of thing. Most of the time, it's not this disbelief or awe, and it's not being prepared but not feeling like it. Most of the time, y'all, it's Satan telling you lies that you aren't good enough. And we don't like him, so why should we listen to him? You know what I mean? (laughs) I really felt... Well, we listen to him because we're broken, fallen humans. But anyway, we... I really felt this feeling of imposter syndrome when it came to a role I had this past school year as an officer for my sorority. You know, I was elected, like I ran, had a speech, they voted everything. Everyone thought me to be capable. And I was. I was very capable for the job. And it still felt like everyone thought I was doing amazing. Like, oh my word, I could never, you know, make a spreadsheet like that, whatever. It felt like everyone thought I was doing amazing when I felt like I could be doing so much more. People saying, you, it may be familiar, this may be familiar to you, of people saying, oh my word, I can never do what you do. Like, you do, you do such a great job, I can never do what you do. And in your head, you're like, but I could be doing so much better. Can I even be doing what I'm doing right now? You know what I mean? You get what I'm saying? This all reminds me of a quote I once heard. I'm not quite sure who first said it, but it says, If God calls you to a task, he will then qualify you for the job. I think I might have even referenced this in another episode. But if God calls you to a task, he will then qualify you for the job. I mean, think about David and Goliath in 1 Samuel. David was a child. A shepherd boy. He was the youngest, like not even old enough to be recruited for battle. And he was sent to the battlefield with the DoorDash order. He was the pizza delivery boy. He was the younger brother bringing sacks because mom and dad told him to. A child bringing snacks to a battlefield. And God called him to fight Goliath. This behemoth guy. Like he wasn't just some enemy. He wasn't just some Philistine man. Like he was the one that everyone was trembling in fear of because of his height, his strength, his build. I mean, he was a monster. He's a giant. David and the giant. David and Goliath. I mean, that's why his name is so synonymous with huge. He was a child. Sent. Called by God to fight a giant. Was David a highly trained soldier? No. We've we've established that. He was not a highly trained soldier. You know, God gave him a slingshot. God gave him rocks to choose from in the river. God gave him an arm to throw. God gave him experience of fighting off wolves and other predators of his sheep. You know, he gave him something. He didn't just throw him in there with no experience, but basically also slim to none. 
David was not highly trained, but God still gave him a slingshot. He called him to the task and then qualified him for the job. Another really cool example of this, or I guess a reference to God doing this in someone's life, is in 2 Corinthians 3, verses 1 through 5. So basically here, Paul is obviously writing to the Corinthians church, and he... He's telling them how the the church in Corinth is a extension and example of result of his ministry, of the Spirit of God living and working in the ministry that Paul is ministering, <laughs> that he is spreading. That'd be a better word. I'll go ahead and read verses 1 through 5 for y'all. It says, are we beginning to commend ourselves again, or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You should know that you are a letter from Christ, a result of our ministry, written not with ink, but the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Such confidence we have through Christ before our God. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. I'm going to read that last part again. Such confidence we have, such confidence he's referring to is saying that the Spirit of God is working through their ministry. He has confidence that the Spirit of God is working through his ministry through Christ before God. Not because we are confident, competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. Well, you know, I'm sure my eyes have laid on this verse before, but I've never I've never taken this lesson from this passage of scripture before in terms of being equipped, being competent through God. And it's so cool because I mean, it's clearly stated here, it's shown in David and Goliath, stated in Second Corinthians, not by our own doing do we earn anything. No matter what kind of position or role you're in, whether, you know, Paul was a minister, David was a shepherd, whether you're a CEO or lead a small group in your home or both, you know what I mean? There's nothing... Like, we cannot attribute any accomplishment to ourselves. It's all through the Lord. Like, isn't that so great? To the world, that concept seems really twisted in the sense that it takes the glory and directs it to God and away from ourselves because sometimes the world can be our just human nature, our fallen nature, wants it to be self-directed which then in turn we're taking on all the weight and feeling this responsibility for whatever role we're in, realizing that no, we're not good enough for that. And that's where imposter syndrome comes in because you you realize your fallenness as human, but you forget the equipment and the talents that God has given you. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, it's so great because it's not just little old me, not little old you accomplishing things. It's God. God through you. And we can celebrate this because God does things 
a million trillion infinity times better than we ever could. I mean, if you just look to Ephesians 3, 20 through 21, it says, Now to him, God, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations, forever, ever, amen. Forever, ever, amen. Him who can do immeasurably more than we ever asked or imagined. Immeasurably more. That means it's even more than infinity more. I mean, that's why TBH, this verse of God being able to do more than we ask, being able to do more than we plan, better than we plan. Like, that's why one of my favorite things to pray is, my favorite lines to pray is, not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. Because I can think I have such a great plan for my life, and then God flips it on its head. You know what I mean? I know you've been there too. (laughs) No matter who's listening, I know for a fact you've been there. Not my will, but yours be done. Because if I can dream all these big things about how my future will play out. Believe me, I've got big dreams. Like imagine your wildest dream. And then like tenfold it. That would be the work of God. And where you are now, have you ever stopped to consider that maybe where you are right now your role, your position, relationship, whatever, where you are right now, where you're feeling the imposter. Have you ever stopped to consider that you are li- You may be living an answered prayer? I mean, think about it. If all we do just by nature is look to the future, I mean, at one point, your past self was dreaming about where you are right now. Isn't that so cool? Anyway, that's just a totally side thought. You know, some days, you know, I actually feel the exact opposite of imposter syndrome. I mean, I don't know if it's exact opposite, but it ain't the same. Like, I feel like I'm capable and able to do certain things, yet the rewards or outcomes of those capabilities aren't being fulfilled in my life. And... I can't help but wonder if it's God trying to steer me towards something else entirely. Like if if this effort isn't producing fruit, is God steering me towards something entirely? Or do I have too much on my plate? Or do I just need to wait? Like it's super discouraging because I know these things, I can do them. I believe in my capability, yet they feel like they're slipping through my fingers. I mean, y'all, shoot, just the other day, I was prepping for a really big exam. It wasn't even a school exam. It was like this certification that if I didn't pass it the first time, I had to pay for it the second time. I really didn't want to do that. And, you know, my mind's already burnt out from the school year, but I had to just do this one thing to get it complete. And I kept failing my practice test by like one question each time. It was really discouraging because 
these practice tests were like forever and a day long and I didn't know what the test would look like and y'all I was questioning if I should quit my job before I even started it I was questioning if I should just stay at my part-time job and all these different things and just not even pursue that dream or hope of mine and shutting it down and just this big old spiral spiral headed straight down to well it already reached the point of self-doubt and just not believing in what God has equipped me to do but also at the same time knowing that I can do it but like not knowing what the outcome will be what I really needed to do, 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. What I should have done, what I should have done, which is always hard to do on your own volition, which I think we can all agree to that. So I should have taken captive my thoughts. Luckily, Just in time, as I was contemplating my whole career path based off of one one test, luckily, a friend called me. My sister called me just in time. And I was eating lunch, and I was just, you know, sitting by myself with the lights off, and I was like, I don't even know what to do. And she called me, and it was so encouraging. And she didn't even know what I was thinking, what I was feeling. Luckily, we were able to have a conversation, and through that, I was able to tell her how I was feeling. And, you know, I'm failing, but I need to be ready to take it tomorrow. And just talking to her, she encouraged me. Like, she said things I logically knew, but wasn't feeling in my heart. Like, she said things I knew, yet I had this divided confidence for whatever reason. And she hung up, or not, she didn't just hang up on me, but... Our call ended and, you know, I felt so much better, so much more, I guess, encouraged in my abilities. Now, one moral of this story is to get you community who will speak life into you and who will encourage you with truth. Because one thing's for sure, when you're isolated, Satan will try and attack you. I mean, it is so important to vocalize these feelings of just imposter syndrome to community around you because they are the ones who, though you may logically understand something, they can speak that life into you. I mean, this is truly one of the purposes of FTO. And at least some, to some extent, I hope that I can be that to you, that extension of community. But know that it's super important to develop this around you with people that you can access and talk to and that you know well in your everyday life and I get it sometimes you may not have that so I just encourage you to pray for it and believe me God will answer that prayer so moral one get yourself some community who can speak life who can speak against this imposter syndrome who will who will look in the mirror with you and do the affirmations (laughs) fun fact totally random Fun fact, did you know if you did Superman poses, like superhero confidence poses in the mirror for a certain amount of time, I think it's like 30 to 60 seconds, it automatically increases your confidence in yourself. I've done it and I can attest I feel so much more cool and confident when I stand like Superman for a minute. (laughs) 
Yeah. Second Corinthians twelve nine through ten. We're getting a lot from the book of Second Corinthians today. Twelve nine through ten. It says, "God said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul said, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake." I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. For when I am weak, then I am strong. God's power, y'all, is made perfect in your weakness. So, maybe you feel unqualified because you, by yourself, are not qualified. But God's power is made perfect through your weakness when he equips you, when he does qualify you for a job, for a purpose. God's grace is sufficient for you. Okay? Just because we may not, just because we may fall short doesn't mean that God won't hold up his, his end of the covenant, his end of the deal, his end of the promise of whatever he's promised you in your life. We are insufficient. God's grace is sufficient. 100%. And another thing, y'all. That test I was studying so hard for, I passed. Hallelujah. I mean, barely, but hey, we passed. You know what I mean? (laughs) And that afternoon, after I took my test, I had a meeting with my boss about something totally, totally different. But she was giving me some encouraging feedback. And it was just really, it was really uplifting. And this isn't always the case. It's not always the case that you pass the test. And it's not always the case that you make the team. It's always the case that you get what you're asking for. But you know what is always the case? You know what is always true and sure? Through it all. Y'all, through it all, through the self-doubt, the doubt in God, the disbelief in your abilities, the refining of your abilities, through it all, God is sovereign and he has made no mistake in making you. Let me say that again. God is sovereign. He's made no mistake in making you. He calls you by name. Like, some people know your name casually acquaintancely some people follow you on instagram maybe know your name there your loved ones know your name call you by your nickname y'all god calls you by your name and he knows you personally he when he calls you he knows who he's calling (laughs) it's not like he can butt dial from heaven you know what i mean when he calls you god knows who he's calling He calls you by name, and he places good desires on your heart. So it's good when you're wanting to be better because you're just wanting to further pursue and further strengthen that desire in your heart that God has placed. That's good. That's good that you want to be better. Don't let it make you feel like an imposter, though. And these desires, y'all, they're God-honoring desires. God-honoring. God's not going to place a want on your heart 
that isn't according to his will, that isn't according to his word or his goodness or his holiness. When he calls you to something, he'll make it accessible to you. He will equip you and he will make it accessible. Maybe you've already accessed it. Maybe you already have that job. Maybe you already have that position. And hallelujah that you got there. Sometimes it takes people a long time to find the place to walk the path in which they're meant to be. Hallelujah if you're able to access it. Let me just tell you right right now, that's a blessing. Y'all. And he will equip you. And he doesn't ask us to be perfect. He doesn't ask us to. I mean you hear this a lot when it comes to bringing your life to him. Bringing everything to him and just falling at his feet. And this applies. Like God's not asking you to be perfect. But he asks us to have faith in him. And this faith that he's asking us to have when you take it on, it will then lead you to faith in yourself because you know that the God who's backing you up, who's equipping you, who's, he's the one who's in control. And so why would you not have faith in yourself if he is working through you? Y'all, 2 Timothy 1, 7. It's one of my favorite verses. It says, The spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but it gives us power, love, and self-discipline. God does not give us a spirit of self-doubt, but he gives us a spirit of confidence and love. And self-control, self-discipline. You know, he makes us confident so that we can pursue what he calls us to do. He gives us power so we're able to achieve it. He gives us love so that we can act in honor and glory of him. And he gives us that self-discipline so that we can be able to hunker down and refine what we need to refine. And he gives us self-discipline to take captive our thoughts. And he gives us Love to just sink into him and trust him and have faith in him that his power is perfected in our weakness. To have faith in him to do more than we could ask or imagine through us, through our life, through our calling. So, for the one who's listening, for the one who needs to hear it, the responsibility and weight of whatever role you have that's making you feel like imposter syndrome that responsibility and weight it's not it's not on you don't let it be on you let go of it it doesn't have to be on you first of all you can't bear it but if god called you he will equip you i encourage you y'all honestly evaluate if your circumstance whatever circumstance is making you feel like an imposter evaluate if it's where god has called you Or is it maybe where you're trying to do something outside of his plan for you? And when you're seeking this, when you're trying to discern this, truly listen. And I encourage you, give it to God. Pray to him. Say, hey, is this where you want me to be? If so, I know you will equip me. 
help me to see your work in my life. And no matter where you go, y'all, I know I only hinted on this a little bit, but I can't emphasize it enough. Do not isolate yourself, but seek advice from your community. Because it's not like God's going to always be an audible voice. He works in amazing, mysterious ways. And sometimes that's through that's through speaking through people in your life. So seek advice from community who will speak life into you. And most importantly, inquire of the Lord. God can do amazing, immeasurable things through you. So do not doubt his ability and do not doubt yours. Especially if God is the one equipping you. For the one who's listening, Jesus loves you. God bless. Hey, y'all. Thanks again for listening to the For the One podcast. Remember to follow along on our Instagram at For the One podcast underscore. And go ahead and subscribe to this podcast on your listening platform. Feel free to leave comments as I'd love to hear what you have to say. Thanks again for listening. Peace out.